0: Welcome to the People First Leaders podcast. My name is Doug Utberg, Marine Corps veteran, founder, and CEO of Expendereviews.com, and I have absolutely nothing to sell you. The purpose of this commercial-free show is to honor the leaders who approach life as go-givers by putting their people and customer value first. Stick around until the end of the show, and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in about twenty minutes. Let's go. We have George Brewa with us today from Diana Vap, and what we are going to be talking about is connecting people with purpose. And there's a part of me that kind of wishes I'd started recording in the pre-show, because George and I were in the middle of a really engaged conversation, but I had to cut it off because I was afraid that we were going to run out of time. But anyway, George is a really unique fellow. And what we were talking about, which is somewhat orthogonal to the purpose of today's show, but I swear we'll get back on course right away, is how a lot of us kind of grew up with a certain view of reality that we just assumed was the case. And then at some point, you kind of get to where you're like, no, that's actually not the case. I've just kind of been sort of moved on like a game piece in the game. Sorry. And we were talking about just kind of you know, how you mentally assimilate that. But maybe that'll be a part two. George, why don't you introduce yourself to begin with? And let's talk
1: about connecting people with purpose. Okay. So thank you, Doug. I really appreciate you having me on the podcast here. And I agree, the pre-show really kind of helped get my energy flowing in a good direction. So my name is George Briwa. I'm the founder of Dynavap. And I'm thankful that uh, I'm still able to retain my position here in the company working on the the fun little projects that we get to pursue on a daily basis. And uh, just quick general summary, we make products that empower people to live more of the life that they really want to live. Or to be a bit more specific, uh, the products that we make are generally utilized by people to consume various botanicals, sometimes mm-hmm. including cannabis, without burning them. Okay. This is one of the
0: things we were talking about in the pre-show. So... I live in the state of Oregon, and cannabis has been pretty accepted here for a really long time. I mean, even back when it was illegal, you know, the publication High Times is published out of Eugene, Oregon. Okay. So cannabis has been a thing in Oregon for a while. And so to some people, that's shocking. Not to me. It's just life where I'm from. Nice. Well, okay. So we're talking connecting people with purpose. I really like that. Because, of course, the name of the podcast is People First Leaders. And I think the idea of a people per purpose connection is to me really what leadership is about. You know, Because my background is I had a 20-year corporate career where a lot of leadership is about trying to make earnings per share go up more or less no matter what it takes. And once you unpack that a little bit, it gets you to a very dark and dangerous place very rapidly if you're not careful.
1: Yeah. Versus if we can find that path, that helps to connect people with purpose, that creates energy. Energy that can sustain business, can sustain people's livelihoods, and energy that can sustain people's emotional state is kind of another way that I look at. So, you know, a fun example, when you find yourself sitting around the campfire per se, with some people that you enjoy spending time with, you might find that it's three o'clock in the morning and you're simply not tired. Why is that? And in my opinion, it has a whole lot to do with the people that you've surrounded yourself and the energy that you're investing in the people around you and the energy that they're investing in you. It becomes reciprocal and it becomes contagious and it becomes self-reinforcing because the purpose is to be kind and to be generous and to be helpful to each other and to contribute to the overall experience for the benefit of everybody and therefore everybody benefits. Okay. Quick
0: 30-second tangent. I'd love to get your thoughts on this because I've absolutely experienced that. And do you feel like the energy transfer is additive or do you feel like you're pulling energy from the future into the present?
1: That's such an interesting question. And I think it depends on intent. If your intent is to provide value to the others around you, it may pull a little bit of your own physical or emotional energy in order to prepare for it, and potentially even to execute it. But just like seeing the smile on your child's face when they're opening some of their first birthday presents, and it's like that one thing that, wow, tremendous excitement and energy, it doesn't exactly put you to sleep, if you understand what I mean. Yes. Okay? Yes. Well, when we devote ourselves from an intent perspective to empower other people, to encourage other people to achieve more than they thought they were capable of, to share with them some of the resources, the guidance, and the other steps in the process, help them become more than what they would be by themselves, which is really one of the definitions of a company, Mm -hmm. well, all of a sudden, we have this additive and collaborative environment that we all feed off of each other's energy, and the net result is there's actually an excess of energy produced that allows for everyone in the organization to benefit. And there's still some left over to reinvest in the company or the organization, or even call it an organism, right? To help it sustain itself.
0: Well, and because the phenomenon I'm thinking about, because you read about like a lot of these companies in their early days, right? You know, whether it's, you know, say early Nike or whether it was NASA and the go fever era in the 1960s. You got people working just ridiculous amounts. You're just putting in ridiculous amounts of hours, you know, 80, 90, 100 hours a week. And And loving it. And loving absolutely every second of it. And so I think there's more complexity to the proverbial work life balance uh, movement than a lot of people understand. I mean, because I think that it is dangerous to expect people to put in 60 hours a week doing. Boring, purposeless work that will turn anybody into a corpse in a disturbingly short period of time. Might as well put them in prison. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But on the other hand, I think if you could unlock that box and, you know, to where instead of saying, come here, do this, when they're driven by that purpose, you get people self motivated to want to put in more time and more effort. Yes. Far beyond what would normally be considered reasonable and be enthusiastic about it. But that's not a formula, right? You know, it's not like baking biscuits. Well, I don't know if I agree with that, Doug. Okay. All right. Well, I love being proven wrong. So please, let's go there. By no
1: means am I saying this is easy. Okay. Most decent things aren't. Well, and nothing very satisfying or super exciting happens right away or... Occurs without significant input of energy, effort, planning, etc. Okay. You know, if we think about some of the most memorable moments in our life, especially the ones that are generally positive, there is generally a whole lot of anticipation and probably a whole lot of preparation and maybe some significant setbacks all involved and engaged in the process leading up to that eureka moment or that holy cow, I did it moment right and that's really what i think is the key to what it is that you're referring to is that recipe to get people to want to do these crazy things to want to come to work to want to work more hours than is expected of them to want to work 80 or 90 hours a week because we wanted to be the first to put the man on the moon well it comes down to in my opinion, one word, and that's purpose. When you can give or help a person find their purpose, almost everything else falls into place nearly automatically. And that's what I think you're going to find in the culture of a well-organized company is you've got the right people on the right seats in the right place doing as many of the things as they practically can be doing that are in alignment with the things that they're passionate about, things that they love to do, because, again, my opinion, find a thing that a person loves to do and what you're going to find is not only a person that's happy, but a person that's really good at what they do because you love to do it, therefore you're good at it. And because you love to do it, you're doing it, which means you get better at it, which means you love to do it even more, and it becomes a self-reinforcing feedback loop that continues to provide that energy to drive you to keep on going wow well and because i think that's
0: absolutely right and why are there so few companies that unlock that box because you're not the first person to say this you know we're not the first people to have this conversation you know this is a known phenomenon it's not new why is it
1: so rare because it's really really difficult to achieve Especially when we think about it, if we take a business and break it down into its elements, right? We need people to come to work. Why? Because we have to make a product or we have to render a service. One or the other, unless you're the government, right? Well, we're not talking about government jobs because I don't think it's necessarily where we want to go at this point. I'm still libertarian, but
0: I used to be like super hard by libertarian. And I've taken a little more nuanced view because. I think there is a necessity that's greater than a lot of people think in order to maintain
1: social. order. Well, by no means am I suggesting that we don't need government. That's not at all. I'm just... I sorry, know. I just triggered a tangent. Yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry. But it's cool. We'll just weigh it out for just a minute. The point I was trying to navigate around is that it's not all that often that you find people that are super passionate about their governmental jobs. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Okay, It certainly is the case. And when you find people that are passionate about their jobs, regardless whether it's government or they're, an entre- or they're just an employee, when you've got a person that's got passion to do the things that they love to do, you've got a happy person. It doesn't matter how much money they make. And, and you can see this when you travel around the world and you find people that have what we might think are really mundane jobs, living in rather distasteful conditions compared to how some of us, especially here in the U.S., live in kind of in the lap of luxury, right? Driving a car, driving, having two cars, three cars, boat, big house, all this stuff that we just don't need and many of us still aren't happy. Why? Well, because we're not allowing ourselves to be driven by our passion to pursue the things that we truly care about. We haven't
0: found our purpose. I want to take that baton because I think you just hit something that's really, really important. Okay. And that is when you're talking, you know, house, you know, mortgage, car, private schools, all that kind of stuff, in a lot of cases, doing something that involves a high amount of purpose will not be the place where you get paid the most today. It will likely be the place where you can make the most over the next 30 years, but it won't be the most for today, almost never. So what that means is that if you are attached to making the most money possible to pay for those things, It will stand in the way of moving towards your
1: purpose or achieving your purpose. I very much agree with this. And this is what I kind of refer to as the trap. Gen Xers have all fallen into the trap. There's so many of us fall into the trap. And and we see how many people are on antidepressants. Well, that's just a band-aid for the fact that you're not following your purpose. You're just not. I'm sorry, but in my opinion... It's not physically or emotionally possible for a person to be truly happy if they're not following their purpose. And if you don't know what your purpose is, well, I can help you find it, believe it or not. I really can. And it's not that difficult. It's more difficult to get it refined to the point where there's no misunderstanding specifically what it is. Don't know what your purpose is? Well, here's a couple minutes to help you find it. Number one, make a list of three things that you love to do. Chances are your purpose lies in that direction. Number two, make a list of three things that you would rather not do unless you absolutely have to. Find a way to avoid those things or to get someone else to fill them in so you can focus on more of the things on the first list. Do these two things and you're heading in the correct direction and you're going to find a whole lot more joy, happiness, and satisfaction in your life. Seems so simple. Well, the words seem really simple. The execution is far more difficult. Think about like writing a book. It's actually really simple, Doug. You put words on paper, and you organize them into sentences, paragraphs, and chapters. Yeah, and then you publish. Yeah, I mean, come on. Writing a book, it's nothing more than compiling words, sentences, and paragraphs, and chapters. But the execution is a little bit more challenging and nuanced. Yes. But the reality is, until you, as an individual, do, I think, the single most important thing that there is in your entire life, and it's take responsibility for yourself and your own internal happiness, and choose to do the things that make you happy, to pursue the things that you care about and you're passionate about, you will not be happy. And because...
0: When I think about what is it that dominated most of my, I would say adult life, but goes back to when I was a kid, right? Okay, well, there's a right way you're supposed to do things. You know, you're supposed to go to school, you're supposed to study real hard. You have to get good grades, you can get into a good college, so you can get a good degree with a good GPA, and you can get a good job. Good job is defined as pays a lot of money and has a lot of security. No, there's no purpose anywhere in this conversation yet. No. Um, you know, f- I go, yeah, so you know, finding your purpose is something that unemployed hippies do. You don't have time for that. You need to have a real job and a real career plan. Well, it's key
1: thing. It's what you're supposed to do. Now, who do you suppose determined what you're supposed to do? Well, in and, and a lot of
0: our cases, it's our parents at the beginning. Well, but It no. becomes our employer and then our community could be church, could be, you know, community groups. And then, you know, can be extended family. And then, yeah, it all kind of creates this enmeshed shell of uh, expect, expectations. Expectations, yes. That are very unlikely to contain your purpose because usually involves predictable schedules, you know, regular paychecks.
1: Right. You know, scheduled holidays, things like that. Yep. Living within your budget all those things, which a person should live with in their budget. But if your budget doesn't empower you to pursue the things you care about, well, okay. Are you pursuing the right things? Hmm. Or are you even going in the right direction? I think it's super important, Doug, that we get right back to what's your path? What's your purpose? Right. And when it comes to businesses, right, or leaders, doesn't even have to be business leaders, because talk about leaders, leader of an organization, leader of a group of more than a few people. Why is that person a leader? Well, because that person is empowering the people that they're leading and they're choosing to follow this person as a leader. Because why? Because this person is inspiring them to go after the things, at least what they think that they care about, when you're going up for something that you care about, it invigorates you with motivation and energy. Yes. Well, and because one way that I've heard it described, which I
0: really liked was the way to tell if you're a leader is start going somewhere. And if people are behind you, that means you're a leader. Start heading off in a direction, tell some people about it. And if people you follow you, that means you're a leader.
1: If nobody follows you, that means you got work to do. Sure. There will always be work to do, which is another thing. You know, you, you want to feel successful. It's not a destination at all. It's just making sure that you're on the right path, following your purpose, and ideally, following your purpose with positivity, vigor, and energy, and doing your best to inspire other people to do the same. And and that's what I see in businesses that inspire me, I think are worth noting, right? Is leadership empowers or inspires the people in their organization to be more than what they otherwise normally would be, to do more than they normally would do. To come to work, not because they have to go to work, but because they want to go to work, because they can't wait to get there, and they don't really want to leave and go back because they're deriving so much satisfaction, personally and emotionally, from accomplishing the tasks that are important to them. It's simple,
0: but just so profound because it just happens so infrequently. But it's
1: only infrequent because so many of us get caught in the supposed to do trap instead of taking a breath and really doing that self-examination and thinking, okay, why am I doing what I'm doing? What is my purpose? What do I truly care about? What matters to me? You need to ask those questions and you need to at least find some answers that give you some direction that you can start traveling, not necessarily physically traveling, but start traveling, whether you're doing research, whether you're reading, whether you're going to visit something, where you're going to explore, so you can investigate, okay, I think I really like this sort of thing. Well, go do it, experience it, and then reevaluate. How does that feel? Are we going in the right direction? If you are going in the right direction, okay, well, maybe you should do more of that. That's
0: excellent. All right. Man, time seems to have flown by. Okay, so Let's bring it home because we've talked a lot about purpose. We've talked about people. Let's connect the people with the
1: purpose here. Okay. So what happens when you connect people with purpose? Well, my best definition is synergy, right? Because when you've got people with purpose, now you're fueling their passion because when people can pursue their passion in a collective manner, and this is where to bring us back to the perspective of looking at a business as not just an organization, but an organism. And when I think about the word organism, I'll dissect it. An organism typically contains organs. It's a complex arrangement of various different systems and elements that are all working in conjunction with one another for a common purpose. Well, here's that purpose word again, right? So when we have a well-functioning organism, organization, or company, we have people driven by passion, pursuing their purpose, and they're focusing on the things that they love to do because they tend to be really good at the things they love to do, and they're also not focusing on the things that they don't love to do. Why? Because it's not only counterproductive, but here's the key thing. There are other people in the organism that are focusing on those other things that love to do those other things, and they're really good at them, which then frees up everyone to be doing more of what they love to do and less of what they don't. The part that's, uh, part that's sad is
0: you go to a lot of large companies and it's like, nope, this is your job description. You have to do it. Well, oh, but I hate this one part.
1: Too bad. That's your job. You have to do it. Right. What would you rather be doing? Okay. Well, let's dive into that a little bit more and see if we can't find a path that's going to allow you to pursue more of what you care about. This is complex, okay, which is why it's not common. But- What you will see, again, my opinion, is in some of the most inspiring organizations, you're going to find a whole lot more of these passionate driven people that have a better ratio of things that they love to do in terms of what they're doing versus things that they'd rather not be doing because the organism has done a better job of allocating those roles, responsibilities, and tasks to a person that's more suited to do them. Wow. That's uh, absolutely. George, it's been a lot of fun.
0: Give me the last one or two thoughts and then let everybody know where they can find out a little more.
1: Okay. It took me, Doug, probably about 20 years to really understand my path. Okay. I kind of knew from a young age, you know, even as a teenager, that I wanted to create things. I wanted to be an inventor, right? You know, I don't think that's uncommon. And I had this vision when I was in high school. Uh, shortly after I got out of high school is you know, doggone it, what's taking so long? What else do I need to do for someone to discover me? I wanted to work in an R&D lab. I wanted to create things. I wanted to solve problems. And no one was discovering me. No one was, oh, wow, that guy's really capable. We should connect him, right? It doesn't happen, at least not very often. And it was, it took me 20 years to figure out, okay, it's never going to happen or it's very unlikely. Why don't I just take it upon myself to... Discover myself, empower myself, take responsibility for myself, and go after the things that I care about in that path. And that happened in 2012 when I finally decided to go after creating a product that I was really passionate about that kind of ties us back to the original or the beginning part of our conversation regarding the device in the cannabis. And that's, I found that because of the way that I'm wired, a tiny little bit of cannabis helped me be more of who I wanted to be. When I say tiny bit, I'm actually talking about a tiny little bit. In general, we're talking uh, in the milligram range. Tiny little bit. Yeah, it's not a lot. No, not a lot at all. And once I found that, okay, a little bit more than that, it doesn't make me who I wanted to be. But I didn't like the smoke either. So herein became my opportunity uh, to, okay, what's a better way? Well, in 2012 these devices at that point called vaporizers were becoming more commonplace. What is that? No, it's not like a nicotine vape at all. Not even close. It's basically a miniature oven that you can bake your cookies in. Okay. And go down that path a little bit further. Most people love fresh baked cookies and most people don't like fresh burned cookies. Yes. This is what our product is. Our product is a properly designed and tuned oven that allows you to Bake your cookies just right, whether you like them crispy or chewy, no problem. You can do both. And it allows you to avoid burning them so you don't have that nasty burned flavor and you don't have all the other nasty things that come along with it. So, going after this, I became really passionate about it. Created a device that allowed me to administer a very small amount in a very predictable and consistent manner. And I started sharing it with people, and it worked. People liked it. That gave me more energy. And like we're talking about people working 80, 90 hours a week, I was doing this and I was loving it. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. I lived a long way from home. I had a little shop kind of on the mezzanine of this little warehouse. It was about an hour and 15-minute drive one way. I was spending a lot of time driving, a lot of money on fuel, and I wasn't making any money. So, like, okay, I'm going to solve that problem. So I bought a cot and one's... One to two nights a week, I would literally sleep in my shop on the cot. So this empowered me with the ability to go to work, work until I was so tired I couldn't work anymore, lie down on my cot, sleep for a couple hours, get up and continue the project. And things moved and moved quickly. And there were simply no excuses because it was so important to me. Any problem that came about, I just continued to find ways to solve it. That is excellent. All right, George, let us know
0: where we can get a hold of you. Throw out your, uh, your favorite socials, your link, and then we'll put it in the show notes too.
1: Our website is DynaVap.com, and our socials are going to be the same, DynaVap, D-Y-N-A-V-A-P, where you can find our thermal extraction devices, basically the best way to bake your cookies without burning them. Excellent.
0: Hey, George, really, really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Doug. Thank you so much for listening to the People First Leaders podcast. If you are a successful People First founder or CEO who would like to be on this show, please visit peoplefirstleaders.net forward slash guest. If this interview resonated, would you please share it on social media? Just take a quick screenshot on your phone and post it on your favorite social channel. Then make sure to tag me at Doug Value so I can give you and your business a shout out on a future episode. If you know somebody who'd be a great guest, please tag them on social and include the hashtag PeopleFirstLeaders. I really love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We're releasing new content and episodes all the time, so make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new episodes. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and they mean a lot to me personally. And also, I would like to connect with you on social. My handle is at Doug Value, or you can just go to peoplefirstleaders.net where all of the links are posted. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.